Hello and welcome to Gentle Touch. This podcast is a place where people can learn, discover and upscale mentally, spiritually and emotionally. This show is all about breakthroughs so get ready for some good vibes, realness and lots of information. You will be joined by me, your podcast host Alejandra Castro. Some of the shows will be just me and other shows will have guests open up new perspectives and views. My passion is to inspire and educate people who feel stuck. I will show you ways you can improve your overall health by sharing powerful tools that you can implement into your daily life. Let's get started. In today's episode, we have Holly Howe. She is a grade school teacher turned fermentation educator, author and course creator. How are you, Holly? I am great and so excited to be here with your audience. Oh, thank you for taking the time to come on Gentle Touch. Where do you join us from? From Canada, British Columbia, nice. um, Vancouver Island. So it's on the West Coast and uh, about an hour north of uh, Victoria. Amazing, lovely. But your story didn't start off there. The fermentation process and your journey, where did it start off? Was it Russia? That's where I tasted some of my first fermented foods. I, um, as a teacher, I um, joined uh, the Department of Defense and worked uh, on a military base as a teacher back in the 80s. And we were paid in U.S. dollars, and the conversion rate was great. And so we did a lot of traveling. Wow. And uh, so I traveled to Russia a few times. And remember going to the open markets, and just the whole market was permeating with the smell of fresh fermented garlic. And um, so I got that first taste of that fermented food. And then um, meandering, I, I, when I did tours and joined these groups, I always kind of went out on my own. I'm always glad I did. And meandering down these side streets and met this little elderly lady and she invited us into her home. And I think that was my first taste of kombucha. She explained it was a fermented tea and then never heard or tasted yeah. it since until kombucha became vogue and I started fermenting wow so yeah pretty wow neat. amazing and then so so you tried it first time there at the lady's house and then did you travel back right. um, I just I was living in Germany okay. at the time so this is in the 1980s late 1980s so living in Germany at the time and then moved back to the states I was born and raised in California okay. moved back to Texas or moved to Texas for a master's degree and started getting into other foods and taking care of my health through the foods that I ate. And then eventually, gosh, it was about five, ten years after that, came no, ten years after that, came across a book called Nourishing Traditions wow. by uh, Sally Fallon. And that kind of started the uh, whole fermentation journey. That is amazing. Wow. For the people that may not know what fermentation is, how can we explain it to them? It's this beautiful, magical process. You know, it is science, just like baking bread and even making cookies. It's a science. If we're going to make a batch of cookies, we're not going to, we're going to somewhat follow the recipe. We may add nuts or different ingredients, but we know there is a certain amount of flour and a certain amount of butter we put in there and sugar to get the results. So fermentation is also a science based on a certain percentage of salt we put on in there, et cetera. But what happens is the vegetables we have are all covered with this little bacteria. They live in the soil, they live on our body, et cetera. They're on the foods we ferment. And when I first started fermenting, I was not aware of the bacteria. I didn't know they existed. And if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be having these beautiful foods. 
And so I just followed my recipe like it was a batch of chocolate chip cookies and threw everything together. And then as I was trying to perfect the process, I realized the bacteria were involved. And what happens is um, we pack everything into the jar and the bacteria that are on the vegetables we are fermenting, they go to work for us and they eat the sugars, they eat the carbohydrates whenever we are fermenting. Munch away on that, that's their food, that's what makes them happy. And they eat that and they transform it into lactic acid. That is one of the byproducts. And lactic acid is a great digestive aid, especially for people who are aging and their hydrochloric acid production goes down. Lactic acid can take its place to help us digest foods. So they um, create this lactic acid, it reduces the um, taste of the salt in the food, so you get that tangy, colors fade, and all of a sudden you have this preserved food, the pHs drop to a very safe level, and um, the tang develops, and then they have created this wonderful, magical fermented food for us. And to ferment properly, we look at the science of what those bacteria want and what they need to uh, safely ferment these foods for us. And it's a very, very safe process. Wow. There's never been um, a recorded incident of somebody dying from eating, consuming fermented foods. It's impossible to happen, really, because of the way the bacteria work. Once we have fermented um, the vegetables, how long can they last in, in the jar? How long can we keep them in the jar for? Forever. Oh, really? <laughs> Ideally, you're consuming them within a year. Okay. And that's when you're going to get the ideal flavor, taste, and tang. But they have unearthed ferments through archaeological digs, yeah. etc., where they've been hundreds of years old and have found these fermented foods. But ideally, we're eating them within a year. Fermentation is really a preservation process. It is a way that ancient cultures preserved their foods, so they had these nutrients and these nutrient-rich, high vitamin C foods on their sea journeys as Crystal Columbus, or to get them through winter when they didn't have access to these fresh vegetables. And so ideally you're fermenting when that cabbage is fresh picked in the late fall, and you're making enough sauerkraut to get you through till the next cabbage harvest, which is a year later. And so ideally you're eating them within a year, but technically they can last much, much longer than that. Wow. That is so, so good because of the storage um, and like you say, the history behind it as well, which are added benefits. What are the benefits of fermentation? So we have the long storage that we can keep up. Right. So, so it is, you know, storing foods that we can eat, you know, throughout the winter. But um, the number one is for gut health. I, um, the first question I ask my new readers who come on to my website and download my, one of my uh, freebies is uh, what brought you to fermentation? What is your number one reason for wanting to learn to ferment? And it always goes back to gut health. And that's because just recently, within the last 10 to 20 years, we have connected the importance of our gut health to the importance of our overall health. And um, by eating these fermented foods, we're taking care of our gut microbiome. We have a human microbiome, you know, a specific set of bacteria and yeast and stuff that in, uh, habit our eyes, our ears, our hands, etc. And then we have a specific microbiome for our gut. There's over 300,000 billion you know, microbes on our body, over 3,000 species they've identified. And it's very important that we take care of the ones that yeah. live in our gut microbiome. And so we do that through fermented foods. The fermented foods give us uh, probiotics, they give, they give us prebiotics. And those probiotics take care of like our gut lining. 
so we have a nice gut lining that does not allow small particles to leach into our blood system and wreak havoc on our health takes care of our immune system our gut microbiome even tells us what to yeah. eat what foods they crave they're in essence needing to be fed and what's really fascinating when someone first starts to eat fermented foods they first plunge that fork into that jar of sauerkraut they crave it they want to just keep eating and eating and eating wow. it. and i tell people you yeah. know, haven't had a lot of bacteria-rich foods that can wreak havoc yeah. on your digestion. Your digestion is just not ready yeah. for all that bacteria. But that's, in essence, your body's saying, this is the right food for me. Eat more of it. And that's why it tastes so good, those fermented foods. Um, they take care of our health. 70 to 80% of our serotonin lives in our gut microbiome. That's our feel-good hormone there. So we want to take care of our gut. Um, fermented foods also provide prebiotics. Prebiotics feed the probiotics, they feed the gut bacteria living in our gut microbiome. So fermented food kind of contains both the prebiotics and probiotics. So we just take care of the bacteria there. The probiotics that we ingest, they, um, through our fermented foods, through the sauerkraut, the pickles, the uh, raw cheeses, raw milk, uh, etc., they are transient. They may only live there for a few hours or a few days, but while they're there, they're doing all sorts of wonderful things. They're um, taking care of toxic substances. They're killing off any pathogenic bacteria. So for example, if we go to a potluck yeah. and we all eat the same potato salad, some people get sick, some people don't. And that has to do with our gut microbiome. Wow. Are the bacteria and they're able to kill off the pathogenic bacteria that maybe we ingested through the uh, um, potato salad. So just lots of wonderful things. Um, fermented foods are very, very high in vitamin C, which is why they were brought on long journeys with Christopher Columbus, for example, to prevent scurvy. Scientists have looked at the uh, levels of vitamin C in cabbage versus sauerkraut. Red cabbage is especially high in vitamin C, but through the fermentation process, that 57, 60 milligrams of vitamin C in the raw cabbage is converted to almost 600 milligrams of vitamin That's C. That's amazing. In a one cup serving wow. of sauerkraut with the red cabbage. Green cabbage isn't quite as high, but it's just amazing what that fermentation process can do, providing these nutrients. The fermentation process makes this, the nutrients more bioavailable. So if we eat that raw cabbage, we're not getting as many nutrients as we eat it fermented. Wow. So it's just uh, vitamin B, vitamin K, vitamin C. So it's just a part of a, it's not eating fermented foods. It's not like a new diet. Yeah. It's like when we go buy that bottle of probiotics or vitamins or whatever we want to add to yeah. our diet to supplement it. Think of your jar of ferments in the same yeah. way. It's not like we're starting a fermented food diet. We are adding fermented foods as a condiment to our meals to add flavor to our meals to help with our digestion or energy, et cetera, our immune system. We don't have to start a new diet. We just have to take a little forkful. It doesn't take much to take care of our gut microbiome. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you for explaining it so well. So many benefits, so much nutrients as well with the vitamins and how we can stretch that into our diet. Tools for fermenting at home. For the newbie, what would we need? Okay. I did talk earlier about how uh, fermentation is a yes. science. And to treat it as a science, this is kind of my uh, focus on my website. And I 
give people the foundation they need for success, and that is a digital scale. So we wouldn't expect um, to create our own cookie recipe and not know how yeah. much butter and sugar and flour we're putting in there. We have to do the same thing for fermentation. And as we're fermenting, what we're keeping in mind the whole time is the bacteria. Am I getting the yeah. bacteria on the fresh produce I want? And am I taking care of the bacteria? And so really you can get away, as long as you have a digital yeah. scale, a jar of some sort. I should have brought some mm -hmm. items in here to show. Um, so most people learn to ferment in a quart canning jar, mason okay. jar. That's um, a nice size to learn in. And then eventually, you can't see it in my photo here, but I have a large fermentation crock. Eventually you can move to that. But to start with, if you have a scale, yeah. And a jar, that's really all you need. Wow. And um, so with the fermentation process is we're gathering the vegetables. We're, um, if we were to talk sauerkraut, we're slicing that cabbage up nice and finely so we can open up all the cells so the water in the cabbage cells can be released. We're mixing in salt. We're mixing in a specific amount of salt to give the bacteria the home they want. If we give them too yeah. much salt, they're not going to work for us. If we don't give them enough salt, then the pathogenic bacteria that live yeah. on that cabbage along with the beneficial yeah. bacteria, they're going to take over. They're going to win the race because they're the ones that thrive in that environment. So we want to give them the yeah. right amount of salt, and we do that through a scale. And so we add the right amount of salt. We mix it all together, and soon it starts oozing all this liquid. It creates a brine, and it shrinks down. You pack all that sliced cabbage and whatever flavoring ingredients you put in there, you pack that into the jar. And again, we think about the bacteria, the bacteria that make sauerkraut, that make our vegetable ferments, the lacto-fermentation yeah. process, they are anaerobic, meaning without air. And so we want to make sure everything is below the brine that's created during the fermentation process. So we pack it into the jar, we squeeze it down into the jar, and this brine rises to the surface of the jar. So we put in some type of weight to make sure it stays below the brine. And to start with, you find weird things around your house, or you find a jar filled with yeah. water, and you cap it, and you put that in the jar, and that holds everything below the brine. So now the bacteria are happy. The bacteria have the right amount of salt. They're underneath the brine, so it's anaerobic without air because air, mold, and yeast fly through the air, and they can land on the surface of that brine. We can put a lid on to prevent that, but they're not going to get down in the brine and interfere with the work process of those bacteria. So that jar just sits on our counter. We want to think about the bacteria again. They don't like to work if it's real yeah. hot. They get lazy and do nothing. And so we want to be fermenting at kind of a room temperature. Okay. Ideally, you're not fermenting in the heat of summer. It's too warm for that bacteria or you're not fermenting in a cold, cold garage down below, say like 60 degrees. Um, so we want the right temperature for that bacteria and they go to work, they start eating all the sugars in there, they create um, carbon dioxide, little bubbles will rise to the surface. If you have a lid on, you might see it start to bulge or if you're in a water sealed crock, you might hear a little bloop bloop as the air leaves the water seal. And they're in there eating those sugars, producing lactic acid. The carbon dioxide they produce forces the air out of the jar oh, wow. to again create the aerobic process. And then the carbon dioxide is heavier and sits on the surface again for another sealant there. But it's just amazing what these guys can do for us. So um, that sits on your counter. The colors start to fade. 
more and more lactic acid is produced and then um, usually anywhere between one to three weeks we call it done and it will uh, taste tangy that tangy is a way to mask that saltiness and the colors fade and it just you take a, a bite yeah. of it and you kind of go wow this tastes delicious i want more of it so that's in basically the fermentation processes thinking of those bacteria creating that brine through the way we prepare prepare the vegetables and packing it down in the jar below the brine. wow and letting it Wow, this is a science. I, I, I wish I would have been taught this in a science class. We, it would have been... Right. And it, yeah, because you don't realize that it is a science. And when I first did it, I didn't think of it as a science. And so you, um, it doesn't have to be restrictive either. It's a very creative process, fermentation. It is an art. But there still is that foundation of that scale yeah. and that percentage of salt that the bacteria need and knowing what these bacteria need. And once we know that, we're free to do what we want with that ferment. We can experiment yeah. and play with it and flavor it to our liking. I mean, I add grated carrots, grated nice. beef, garlic, lemon zest, lime, pineapple, rosemary, wow. all sorts of wonderful flavors into that sauerkraut to uh, make it palatable for everybody, make it delicious for different people's uh, taste buds. But it's... Uh, there's a lot of freedom once you understand the yeah, science. A hundred percent. And then you feel confident because you know you understand how yeah. safe it is. When you look at the safety of it, we're very comfortable with eating a green salad at a restaurant, eating a salad we prepare at home, and yet there could be E. coli, mm -hmm. whatever, on that lettuce. We try to wash yeah. it off, but most likely we're not getting it all washed off. But we have no fear about eating yeah. that salad. But yet we have fear sometimes about eating these ferments. And with these ferments, if there was E. coli on that lettuce leaf or on that cabbage, the fermentation process kills that off. It doesn't allow it to grow and proliferate. And so it's a, we've been trained to be fearful yeah. that food, we're not supposed to leave it on our counter. We leave it on our counter for weeks and then we may be fearful yeah. of eating it, but it's just so safe and so delicious and so good for us. Oh, I love it. I love it. What is the difference between pickled and fermented? Oh, good question. I actually put a whole post together on that because it is a very confusing uh, terminology that we hear. Because pickled and fermentation are really used interchangeably. But when I think of pickled, I'm thinking of uh, vegetables that have been pickled. So pickles but we can pickle more than just cucumber. Okay. So that cucumber, that pickle spear that comes along with a hamburger is one type of pickle. But we can pickle zucchini, we can pickle all the vegetables out there, beans, asparagus, cauliflower, wow. etc. And we can call them all pickled. But when you go down to buy pickles at the store, yes. if you're buying them off the shelf down the middle of the aisle, those have been vinegar pickled or quick pickled and they've been using heat or vinegar to create that tang. Oh. But in the process, they killed off all the bacteria. And so you're not getting the benefits that we talked about earlier. So when I think of pickles, I'm thinking of vinegar yeah. pickles and quick pickling that is not thinking of taking care of the bacteria and preserving the bacteria we need for our gut microbiome and to take care of our health. So I talk about them as lacto-fermented pickles. And so fermentation is a way to make pickles. And when you make fermented pickles, we're um, fermenting them in a yeah. brine. With sauerkraut that I explained earlier, 
we create that brine by the salt pulling it out of the cabbage cells. But if you take sticks of carrots or cucumber spears, etc., you're not going to pull the water out. So we pour a brine in. Instead of pouring like a vinegar in, we're pouring a brine in, and that brine will do the same fermentation process, but it's going to preserve the bacteria that we need for our gut health. So you can use pickles both ways, but, but you just want to make sure if you're talking about fermented yeah. pickles and pickles that are healthy for your gut, that they've been done in the natural yes. process, and you'll find them in the refrigerated section oh. of your supermarket. And you want to make sure on the label that it says raw and naturally fermented, et cetera, good for your gut, to know that they haven't heated it in any way to kill off the bacteria. Bacteria are killed off um, at 106 degrees. That's um, if you put your finger in a pot of soup and can hold yes. your finger in there, that's the heat at which bacteria can survive. Well, when we can them or pour hot vinegar over them, that's too hot for the bacteria and they're killed off. So we're not getting the gut microbiome health from them. Wow. So that's a little bit of difference between pickles and fermentation and fermented pickles. You'll hear the terms used interchangeably, yeah. but that's uh, if you're wanting to take care of your gut health, you need to either be making your own yes. pickles or be looking for pickles that are raw still and fermented with just salt. How long would you give the process? So say, for example, we've been to the supermarket. Like you say, they've killed off the, the, the right bacteria, the bacteria that we need. So then we decide to do our own. How long do you think we would need before we could start eating what we want to do? Where it be cauliflower, it be carrots. How long till they're yeah. ready? Um, with the fermented pickles, naturally fermented pickles, they're ready anywhere from like five days to two okay. weeks. It's a little bit faster process than say the sauerkraut, but you're putting them in that brine and people even will start them around the three to five day mark. But I like to go, I like to play around with the salt yes. numbers to get the fermentation for two weeks. Because at two weeks, you're building up enough lactic acid, that sour tang, to really have the nice flavor. There's quite a bit of flavor development that goes on during the fermentation process. And when we stop it too soon, the stage of bacteria that really create that nice flavor that you just can't get enough of, they're later in the fermentation process. So when we stop it too soon and we try to eat that pickle, it's going to taste just like a salty pickle. We haven't pr uh, produced enough lactic acid to get that tang in there to get that flavor our body really craves. So um, it's okay to taste along yeah. the way, and then you can start tasting the subtle shift. But we have to be careful we don't stop too yes. soon, or else the flavor's not there. Wow, perfect. But about anywhere from one to two weeks, generally for pickles, for sauerkraut, you know, more like two to four weeks. Okay, nice. So it's not that long. I would, I would think. No, it's not. It happens very quickly. Right, but when you run out, you know, I always ask people kind of some of their frustrations with sauerkraut, for yeah. example, because I do a lot of the sauerkraut. <clears throat> and I like the sauerkraut. I do the yes. pickles, but I find with sauerkraut, I like people to use that as their first ferment because it's easy to eat with anything. You can eat, eat it breakfast, lunch, dinner, straight out of the jar. It goes with so many things that um, it's a nice ferment to have around. You need very little of it for the gut health uh, benefits. But um, yeah, the, the main complaint of people is they've run out of sauerkraut and they need to wait three or four weeks for their next jar to be done. And so I tell people to kind of make sure you understand yes. how long it, 
how quickly you go through yes. a jar and keep another jar coming, another jar coming if you're fermenting around exactly wow i love it i saw one of your posts and i really like it it was the immune boosting fermentation the garlic paste oh yes yeah you were talking garlic uh, yes garlic yes i love it yes that is and that's a great first ferment too it's very easy to make um so you can ferment garlic just like the garlic i smelled in that uh yeah. market in moscow that was whole cloves being fermented you can ferment them in a brine or in honey but the post that you saw on my website is you take the garlic and you puree it in a food processor and it's really just again it's a science so we're looking at we're weighing how many garlic how much garlic we're putting in there. We're adding a 2% salt, which is by weight, but we're adding the right amount of salt and pureeing that in a food processor. Wow. And it doesn't create the brine that we'll see with pickles or with um, sauerkraut, but we put that into it, pack it into a jar. It's a paste. And I like people to put a piece of parchment paper on top just to kind of reduce the air okay. on that exposure. And then they put the lid on and you leave it sit on your counter for three to four weeks. It's a very slow ferment. You won't see bubbles. You won't see brine. It just sits there and you have to trust the bacteria. <laughs> it's, a it's a trust. Okay. <laughs> Those wonderful little things. But it starts the, usually you start off with kind of a white look okay. to your garlic paste and it starts to switch color to a nice um, buttery rich color. The sharpness of the garlic goes away. It's more of a um, mellow taste. And you can eat that by the spoon for immune boosting because the garlic is very good for your health. Or what I love to do with it, we keep, my husband loves to grow garlic. He grows way too no, much. I love garlic. So, oh. Yeah, it's the greatest thing. And you kind of want to be growing your own or connecting with a farmer at a, a yeah. market. But the way I tend to use my garlic paste is I saute a lot of greens. And so at the very end, when I'm done, I've turned the stove off. I just grab a spoonful or two of that garlic paste and uh, stir it into the greens. And then they've been flavored instantly. Wow. It's like having a fast yes. food item in your yes. fridge. You remember those tubes of garlic you can buy from yes. the market to, so you don't have to chop the garlic? Well, you do all ahead of time at once. You're chopping up all your garlic and then you have that garlic paste you can add to it and you can mix it up with ginger and turmeric and things like that but straight garlic just pureed like that is a very very easy ferment to do nice nice yeah i really like that post there's another post i really liked was the fermented coconut water yeah coconut water that was one i discovered years yeah. ago and um you know coconut water has a lot of benefits it has the potassium etc that you can get from it but it's very sweet and I was trying to reduce the sweetness of it because it just, it was too sweet for me to drink. And we think about the bacteria, what food yeah. do they need? They need the sugar. And so I took the kefir grains okay. that a lot of people use to make milk kefir. So these are grains. Um, when you think kombucha, more and more people are becoming familiar with kombucha. And it's made with a SCOBY, which is a symbiotic collection of yeast and bacteria. And it grows on top of your sweetened tea as you're making kombucha as this kind of white, milky, rubbery layer that sits on top. And that's part of providing the food for the bacteria. And that's the bacteria and yeast that we're adding in. It's where the bacteria and yeast live. We're adding it into the sweetened tea so that they have food to grow to make your kombucha. Well, 
milk kefir, water kefir, and coconut water can be done in the same nice. way. Nice. We're taking the coconut water, we're adding bacteria in the form of these milk kefir grains. I like the milk kefir grains just because they're easy to yeah. work with and they don't grow too quickly. But there's these little cauliflower-like heads. And if you, they're very small, they're wide opaque. And if you need trouble finding them, you can kind of search on a used okay. site and lots of people have them to share. But they go into your um, coconut water. I feel like a half gallon jar with it, put two or three cans of coconut water in there. And then I throw the bacteria in, which are these kefir yes. grains. And they eat the sugars in the coconut water in three or four days. And it's bubbly. And the sugars have been reduced. And it's this nice effervescent drink from fermenting that coconut water. So it's a wonderful way to take the coconut water reduce the sugar content by feeding the bacteria that sugar and then add the benefits of the fermentation process and whatever you know bacteria and yeast are in there to make it a you know doubly healthy drink by this fermentation process nice i love it i really i really really enjoyed your blog post and then so like it's, it's good to know we have so many options so many different ways of doing so say if we want to add the added benefits of fermentation um if it's too sweet as well that's one way of lowering it down the sweetness and i saw another uh, blog post which i really love which was the five foods to improve your gut biome, which was number one, fermented vegetables, two, bone broth, three, grass-fed dairy, food rich in omega-3, and coconut oil. Yes. I, I really <laughs> like reading it because I, you, you, you go through so many things and that's when you realize, oh, I don't really take bone broth. I should be adding that to my diet. Right. There's so much we can do. And I, I think what I love about fermentation and it opens the yeah. door. Fermentation allows you to take control of your health. And it's one what we, we have delegated too much of our health to the medical yes. system. We've lost control of it. So through the fermentation process, it's taking back control of your own health. And by learning to ferment something, something so powerful of transforming these vegetables into these probiotic-rich superfoods, and you start eating them and you start noticing just a subtle change in your health and your gut health and your overall health, your energy, your skin health, etc. And all of a sudden you're more engaged in your own health. You want to take control of it. We're not going to relegate it anymore to the medical professions. And it's nice to start taking control yeah. like that. And then you start learning more and more. So maybe you started with sauerkraut and then you try the fermented um coconut water then you read more about yes. how important um, bone broth is for gut health so then you start sourcing out local grass-fed meats so you have the bones to make the bone broth it's just like this whole exploration of how important it is to be aware of the foods we're eating where they're coming from and start connecting back with our community with um, fermentation your best yeah. results are going to happen produce you pick out of your garden or produce you buy at the local farmer's market or produce that has not been shipped from yeah. too far. And so to do that, we have to connect with the people that grow our yes. food, the farmers in our community. And so it's a process that keeps growing and growing on how much it impacts your life and what it's connecting to. Because to be successful, if I buy a head of cabbage that was shipped from across the States around yeah. the world who knows yeah, yeah. where that came from and 
by the time it gets to me, the bacteria levels on that are gone. I'm not going to have success with that. The greatest success is going to be with that local head of cabbage you picked out of your backyard or, or bought locally. And so it's such a empowering way, a little opening, a little doorway to start taking care of our health. And like you say, then you hear about yes. bone broth and you start hearing about coconut oil, what it can do for you, all these little changes you can make that then you're in control of your health and you can go consult with the medical profession out there to support you with that. But I want to empower yes. people to take care of their own health through what they're growing on their countertops. Nice. I love it. I, lo I love it because even just going to the supermarket, we actually sometimes we don't pay attention to to the labels, to where where did these vegetables get sourced from? Have where did they come from? Do they come from close? Do they come from far? And now just by having this episode, listeners will now be able to have that in mind when they go to the local farmers market and be like Maybe I'm not going to go to the supermarket. I'm going to start going to the local farmer's market. So it gives, right. it empowers people to make the right choices and choices that will help their, that will aid their health journey and then that, that will then help their guts as well. Holly, what, knowing where you are now, knowing, looking at your journey, looking at from that time where you tried your first set of, um, with the old lady in Moscow, what advice would you give to your younger self? Probably to, to slow down and just really enjoy kind of yeah. where you are at the moment to, um, you know, I got a little taste of that, but it's like becoming more and more yeah, connected with my food to uh, to connect with those people that are preparing that food for you. And, you know, it took a long time. It wasn't until I was in my yeah. 30s that I made that connection. But I had this opportunity through traveling and, and was introduced to foods, but probably just to uh, savor those meals even more and to really enjoy those local foods and not to worry about looking for a diet yeah. because I spent a lot of time going through various diet books but to go back and look at that that food and where that food comes from etc and to uh, make those food choices very important and I was lucky I did grow up with good healthy food and my mom it was important to her but yeah I don't know if that's a straight that's answer good to connect with yeah. food People. that's that's a good because by connecting with our food we're now able to make that conscious decision decisions where am i going to source it from am i going to make this connection how can we add this into our diet holly what is your favorite book my favorite book gosh <laughs> there's there's so many of them and they tend to be all health books um the one i'm reading right now is uh by wim hof called ice nice. And this is, again, those little health changes. And I have for years and years tried to do these cold showers where you uh, can really take care of your vascular system by finishing off with a cold shower. And so I finally plunged. She said, just switch the water to cold at the end of your shower all the way wow. to cold and just stand there for 10 wow. seconds. So this was like a little micro yes. change. I was trying to stand in that water for two or three minutes. Um, Wim Hof is from... Uh, Holland yes. and he is real popular in doing these yes. ice baths and health benefits of being in cold water. We live in all this climate yes. control, air conditioning, everything right temperature that our body never gets to experience cold, hot, and no yeah. adapt to it. And so his big thing, mine is sauerkraut, his big thing are these cold showers and cold ice baths. And so he said in there, just start with ten seconds. How's it go in? And so I was able to micro change just like just take one strand mm -hmm. of sauerkraut i was able to do that 10 seconds of 
cold. And um, gradually worked up to two minutes. But um, Congratulations. So I'm always looking. Yeah, but it's amazing how the benefits yeah. you get from that health change. It's like the benefits you start feeling from eating a fermented food. It doesn't have to be a whole new way of life. I do what we call habit stacks, where I'm always adding one more little thing to my yes. day to improve my health. So that was a little habit stack I added to my shower. To a, um, And you experience it, and it becomes addictive, just like that sauerkraut. You taste yes. it, you want more of it. There's a feeling you get from that cold shower. So uh, that's one I'm reading. I'm reading one called Super Gut, which is a William Davis book on taking care of your gut health by making yogurt with these specific species of bacteria, these keystone species okay. that one of them is L. ruteri, and that's a form of bacteria that ancient people we all had and was, is found in traditional cultures in their gut. It's good for serotonin. It's a good feel-good um, feel heart bacteria that helps with serotonin. It helps with your skin, etc. And so he has you make yogurt with a specific wow. strain of bacteria to cut care of your gut and an implant that supposedly only 4% of the population still has wow. this in their gut. So I'm playing around with that one. and Yeah, so nice. always... Some little always always out. learning always growing always expanding that is so so good and your favorite movie gosh my favorite movie oh gosh oh i don't have a favorite movie no no what, what about favorite podcast do you listen to podcasts or oh i'm always yeah? listening to podcasts the health podcast um some business podcasts i listen listen to mind your money is a business podcast by james wedmore who's big into manifestation and uh working with your mindset yeah. to get what you want in life. There's a lot of, um, yeah, the, the different health podcasts I love because I'm always getting one little yeah. tidbit out of those to, you know, better move along in my health journey. Um, trying to think of the names off the top of my head. I should have had a list what, of what, What's the name of the business podcast? Um, mind Your oh, Money. Oh, Mind Your Money. Nice. Sounds good. Right. Because if we're going to, you know, move forward in our life, it has to do with yes. our mindset. And so when we can work with our mindset, we can do anything we want in life in essence, but it's working on your mindset first. Wow, amazing. That's so good. And if you had a billboard on the side of the highway, what would it say? Support your local farm. <gasps> That's beautiful, yes, 100%. I agree with that, yes. One one honk for, for, for that one, for that billboard. I love it. Yeah. Holly, it's... Yeah, I was just going to say, especially with the last few years, we realized how important yes. it is to uh, have our food local yeah. and to be able to, uh, I didn't feel a lot of panic through the whole process because my farmer's market was still open. I buy my meat yeah. and my poultry locally. And so there is such feeling of safety or yes. insurance in the whole process, no, knowing I wasn't going to run out yeah. of food to feed my family. And by connecting with that farmer, you get to look them in yes. the eye and, and you can appreciate what they're providing for you and your family. And so, yes, yes. And, and also because my background is in healthcare, I've worked all around the UK. 
So I've gone up to Cumbria and um, some of my patients have been farmers. And I asked them, like, and they get injuries, their joints wear out because of their job. And I'll be like, what does your routine look like? They'll be like, I'm up at 4 a.m. So it's like definitely important to support because the role of a farmer is not easy. The, uh, they, they will still get, go up into the fields or be the cattle, whatever, or what they're doing. They start at a very early time and not, sometimes it's, it's not without lights. Like it will still be dark outside. Yeah, and don't complain about the price that they're charging. There's, you know, it's it's amazing when people go and look. Oh, you want five dollars mm -hmm. for that head of lettuce, or you know, three four dollars a pound yeah. for cabbage. It's like they're not making a yeah. killing off of that. That's they're barely making a living yeah. off what they're charging, and uh, you can't. Yes, you can go to you know a big supermarket or Walmart and get it for next to nothing, but you either pay now or you yes. pay later. And if you're paying that money up front for the good nutrition, then you're not having to go to the doctor to take care of those ailments because you paid it up. Wow, that's so powerful. Yeah, that's so powerful because some people feel like it's an easy, quick fix. But it's, it sometimes starts now with our behaviors, with our changes, what we're implementing, the choices we make. And then in the long run, that's where we see how healthy we are. That's where we see, yeah. So I, I love that you said that. You're an author. Your book, Fermentation Made Easy. Yes. So, so yes, I, um, people kept asking me to, uh, I, I got into making sauerkraut. Yes. It was my first foray into fermentation. I started teaching friends and family and then finally decided to put it all into a book. So it's a, just on sauerkraut. There's over 20 recipes in there with all these different flavors. But if you want to learn a first ferment, yeah. sauerkraut is a great one to start with. And it takes you through the process of learning to ferment sauerkraut in a jar with recipes like Hawaiian wow. sauerkraut with the lime zest and pineapple and cilantro in there, all the way to just basic kraut with dill or um, juniper berries, etc. with some of the more traditional flavors. Nice. I love it. It's on Amazon or I sell a PDF on my website and it's there and uh, it will get you started with fermentation and get you started taking care of your gut health. And it's just little micro changes. It's just adding one little bite of sauerkraut to your dinner and then you go, okay, I've got that down to yeah. a process and now I'm going to add it to my lunch, on my salad, etc. But it's, you know, health comes from little micro changes and from adding these special foods that support your health just one little food at a time i love it i love it and you also have courses is it courses that i saw on the website yes so i've uh, i started out with my uh sauerkraut making yeah. course ferment mouth watering sauerkraut like a pro and then i added a pickle course so that's in there too and there's uh also a course on beet course, okay. which is a traditional russian drink so yeah there's a variety of courses and i'm always looking to add more but um the online courses take you through a, a nice step-by-step -step process with uh, lots of helpful support in there. And uh, nice. just depend which way you like to learn. And then there's also on the website itself what I call my teaching yeah. recipe, which is how to make sauerkraut and takes you through step-by-step. -step. So there's a great, you can learn on the website through real thorough, detailed recipes. Or if you're a book person, there's a book to nice. learn the process. And then there's the online Nice. Courses. I love it. Would you write another cookbook? Um, yes, I'm working on one on pickles. Nice. On 
fermented pickles. So um, I have the sauerkraut one down, and uh, I kind of refine that as time goes on, and then I'm working on one on doing the naturally fermented pickles. When do you think that will be ready? <laughs> At least a year. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not in time for okay. Christmas. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, guys, okay, this is where we can go purchase it. Okay. Yeah, yeah hopefully by the beginning of next summer. Pickling is a... Um, a summer process because yeah. you're trying to take your fresh vegetables yeah. and pickle those to preserve them. So yeah, ideally it would be by the beginning of summer to have that ready. For nice. You. And the courses that you have online, how long do you roughly think, depending on how fast or slow someone works, in how long could they be completed? I would say like six okay. hours of kind of, yeah, you know, just depending on, on but you can jump in there and learn the process fairly quickly. And I, I would say, yeah, six hours of online nice. material to get you through and working on it. And I do a lot of, there's a Facebook group for a lot of support and handholding and a lot of uh, live and uh, recorded demonstrations. Nice. Would you ever work in the media, like on TV? Um, you know, I find for... I would if somebody dropped it in my lap. I mean, if Oprah came to me and said, listen, you know, I would yeah. love to work with some of the famous people out there and teach yes. them how to ferment and use that yes. as kind of a foray. But I always find podcasts are a great way. I, I love doing listening to podcasts. I listen to hours of them each week, yeah. probably, anytime I'm in the car. But I find podcasts just a nice way to, like your specific audience interested in health, and then they're interested in gently adding. I love the name of your podcast, Gentle Touch, just gently adding one more yes. thing into their health to support it. So I find that podcasts are a great way to grab an audience that's already interested in your topic. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it is. It is so. Would you ever write a children's book? You know, there are a couple children's books out there by the Weston A. Price Foundation. They're kind of uh, behind uh, these traditional okay. diets and people eating foods that are great ancestors ate. That's kind of what brought me into fermentation was looking at healthy traditional societies and what foods they ate and how they prepared them. And fermented foods is one okay. of those. And that's why I got into fermentation once because these ancient cultures knew what they yeah. were doing. They were healthy and um, what were they eating? And they were all eating some type of fermented foods. So that group has done a few little things. Okay, nice. Else. That would be a fun thing. Yeah. To just gently yes. that I've gone into high schools and worked with the high school students to teach them fermentation. So it that is so much fun. Elementary school into their biology yes. class yes yes and especially because of your background you was a teacher and is and the way you speak you can break things down so easily because some people can't speak and break it down and the way you bring it all right. all together and bring the science behind it i would have loved to have learned fermentation in school and integrate it and and make it into a practical and do a school project around it i think it would be amazing um right yeah and it's a great way to get children interested yeah. in what they're eating. If they help make it, they're more likely to eat it and uh, enjoy the flavor and taste if their hand was in that jar mixing everything up. Exactly. Holly, I just want to say a great big thank you. Thank you for coming on Gentle Touch. Thank you for being so inspiring and 
and just showing sharing your experience with the world right doing the courses writing the books because it's not easy it takes a lot of time a lot of effort to organize everything to do it to educate to record the courses to launch them and writing the book as well but this is such a useful topic and just it can change lives so i just oh would you ever um, make your own podcast I'm working on uh, starting a YouTube channel, so that's the first place. Excellent. To start micro bits of it, but yeah, there's so many ways to reach people, and um, it's amazing how such a simple little thing can, you know. I get feedback from my readers that, you know, all of a sudden their bloating's yes. gone, or their energy's yeah. better, or whatever's going on. They've had regular digestion for the first time in 20 yeah. years by just adding this to exactly. their diet. So it is pretty. Um, you forget how much of an impact you make so thank you because it i am changing lives yeah. it's my objective 100%. to help people with just such a simple little yeah. food and it tastes so good it's uh it's not like nasty medicine it, it tastes delicious food should yeah. taste good i love it um holly tell me about your website and your socials where can we connect with you where can we see your youtube channel youtube channel's not okay. quite there yet so that's in the new okay year. in the new year <laughs> i think it may okay yes. yes but um yeah the best place to go is my website which is make sauerkraut so m-a-k-e-s-a-u-e-r-k-r-a-u-t.com and that's uh i started out with using sauerkraut to to change my health and so that's why we ended up with that name but there's more than sauerkraut on there now but i'm on pinterest and instagram and facebook and uh I do respond to emails, so go check out the different social channels, and uh, I'd be happy to connect with your readers, and there's plenty of helpful things on the website. Thank you so much, Holly. Thank you so much for being on Gentle Touch. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and found this podcast useful. If you did, be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening and joining Gentle Touch. I'll see you in the next episode. Want to get in touch? Feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. Link is in the description. Be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you are on. Stay tuned and keep listening. Much love.